Welcome to the Good Bad Better Show, a show where I, Drew, talk about something and how it's good, how it's bad, and how it could and should be better. Before we dive in, don't forget to follow the show at Good Bad Better Show on Instagram. And also remember that you can always leave me a voice message at 352 340 3038. 352 340 3038. All right, time for the show. Okay, so welcome. Today's topic is drum roll, please. The Office. That's right. I said that. It's The Office. And if you don't know me, which you might not, then you should definitely know that The Office is probably my favorite television show of all time. Um, it's, in my opinion, one of the better sitcoms that's ever been written or made. And um, yeah, it's it's incredible. I am possibly very, very biased about that. But it's it's not really biased if it's true. So yeah. Um, gosh, <laughs> it's like the most obvious episode for me to do. And yet it's almost like I'm tongue tied because like, I don't know where to begin. Um, I will just say, uh, I started watching the office after season one had, no, um, season two had just finished airing, but I didn't watch any of it, but I heard it was really good. And so I bought the DVD for season one. I'm aging myself here. And then I started downloading episodes off the internet, possibly illegally. And which I was only because there was literally no other way to watch it at the time. And I would watch, I would download a few and I would watch it. And this is kind of a dumb story, but I was watching it with my roommate um, in college at the time. We both were totally enamored of this show right off the bat. And so I would download a couple episodes, as many as I could hold, and I had room for on my tiny laptop hard drive. And I would hook up my uh, computer to our TV screen. But in order to avoid a crazy buzz with the audio, I'd have to unplug the laptop power supply. And so I would have it all the way charged up and I'd have a couple episodes loaded and we would unplug the laptop and start the show. And we would watch, um, you know, a couple episodes of season two and then it would just... At some point, I would lose uh, power to the laptop, and it was like, if we were lucky, we got a couple episodes completely, and sometimes maybe even three. It was just really funny, because that was the only way to watch, but we had to catch up. And then I would just go back and download a few more and have to wait forever for them to download properly and all this kind of stuff. It was like this weird summertime cycle that we were doing to try to catch up on the episodes before season three started. And so... When you get to see the end of season two live, or not live, but when you get to watch it before season three had even aired and having to wait, if you've watched the show, then you know what I'm talking about. I won't spoil it for you, but just, wow, it was it was such an incredible, like, oh my gosh, how am I supposed to wait to see what happens? It was oh, so good. Okay, so... um that's just a little bit about how I got into the show. And from season three on, I would watch it 
uh, religiously every Thursday night. Our, our apartment, John and I's apartment, became the office place on Thursday nights. And, uh, you know, about nine o'clock, I would play the DVR version of last week's episode. And during that nine to nine thirty uh, slot, people would start to arrive and they would enjoy the the last week's episode while I was DVRing the episode that was currently airing. And then at nine thirty, I would just immediately roll into the episode that had just aired. But then we were we could skip all the commercials. Um, because I was a nerd and because I completely hate commercials. So it was fantastic. It was so much fun. And it became this whole ritual thing, the office party, Thursday nights. That's what you do. And then later, when I moved back to Gainesville, the office was still on. And a great friend of mine, Jim, had he had office parties at his place. And because <laughs> I was moved back in with my parents, so I couldn't exactly host office parties. So I would go to his place and we would, uh, I would, again, same thing. We would have these awesome office parties every Thursday night watching the show. Gosh, you know, it's just an amazing show and I love it so much. And uh, fast forward, I was just, you know, I love the show. And I, I distinctly remember watching the series finale with my wife and uh, actually, were we married at the time? I'm going to have to look that up. I don't remember the when it aired. I think we were married, but and then other dear friends of ours. See, so many great friends uh, through the office as well. Um, David and Kate, uh, we watched the finale with them and just bawled like a baby uh, through most of that episode. <laughs> Not all of it, but a lot of it. It was it was incredible finale. So anyways, uh, that's a little bit of history, okay? But let's just dive in. What is good about The Office? This is the part where I don't even know what to say. Um, it was It's amazing. The, the concept for The Office itself is, is amazing. The concept is so novel and unique and yet so, like, immediately interesting because, I don't know, it's just the actual faux documentary style, which now seems almost old hat. It seems almost like a trope, but at the time it was unheard of and it was incredible. It was so well done. The, and that, that impacted everything from the way the show was written, the way the actors acted because you weren't playing for the laugh tracks. You weren't like, having your grand entrance and waiting because you're a famous guest star and you just walked into the coffee shop on friends or whatever. Like there wasn't any of that stuff. It was so much more realistic in the way it was acted. And then also the cinematography, the way it was shot was also such a unique and interesting character all in its own because you were, it was multi-camera following the action as it happens. And then you're also getting this unique dichotomy of the actors playing for the camera when they know that the camera's there and kind of interacting with it in a certain way or speaking as if they are aware that cameras are filming what they're saying. But then also the times when the cinematography, you know, the camera is peeking through blinds and then the actors are acting slightly differently, really. They're talking differently. Their, their guards are down almost because they don't really realize that they're being filmed in that moment. And just the the way that all that plays together to make such believable characters is um is is incredible i remember 
I don't even remember when this happened, but I remember being devastated when I actually found out that John Krasinski and Jenna Fisher were not together. It almost felt dirty. It felt bad. Like, what is wrong? And that's not just because, oh, it's it's not just because, oh, it's a TV romance. It wasn't like, oh, Ross and Rachel, how are they not dating in real life? Like, it wasn't like that. It was like, no, 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 no. You don't understand. Jim and Pam are real characters. <laughs> like, they're done so well that they feel so real. And so, yeah, I don't even know how to describe it. It's It was ahead of its time in so many ways. Um, a lot of people talk about how it's you couldn't do half of the stuff today. But I thought it was so interesting the way they played these certain basically inappropriate behaviors, but they, they did it in a way where you understand that they're wrong when they're happening by the characters that are doing them. But it's also in such a way where you are still able to have empathy for those characters. And that is, it's such, I think it still could play today. I think it would probably get more, uh, controversial um, on Twitter than it did at the time because Twitter wasn't even around when the show started. So, yeah, it's 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 amazing. And so beyond the concept and the writing and um, the uh, the cinematography and how it was filmed, also just you know the the cast of characters are absolutely beloved. I'll start at the top. Steve Carell is fantastic. I remember the very first time that Steve Carell made me die laughing was actually on um, Bruce Almighty when he did his newscaster. It's a tiny role in the film, but he does this crazy newscaster bit where uh, Jim Carrey as God is kind of like messing with him and making him say gibberish in the midst of this very, you know, newscast news broadcaster voice kind of thing. And it's absolutely amazing. If I can throw in a clip, I will. The White House Reception Committee greeted the prime rib roast minister. And I do the cha-cha like a sissy girl. I like a do the cha-cha. Just, it was done so, so well. It's like my favorite part of that movie. Um, With no offense to Jim Carrey, but... Um, it was, it was a standout moment the very first time I remember him. And so, and I didn't realize at the time that, you know, he would become this actually relatively large part of my life for being a sitcom star that I would watch every week, but he just was such a incredible actor on that show, incredible improviser. And yet beyond that, by all accounts of people that he's worked with, across the board for years that he's actually like a freaking good dude. And that is even cooler to, to be able to look up to somebody like that and it just be incredibly in love with their work. And then also be like, and this guy is actually a good dude. Um, that is just icing on the cake. So that is fantastic. And I can't leave out all the other supporting characters. I mean, Jenna Fisher is amazing as well. I definitely had a huge crush on her for a long time. <laughs> uh, celebrity crush, uh, for sure. And uh, I really liked, I, I, I kind of appropriately identified with John Krasinski's character who like 
cared, but didn't really care and kind of was the straight man um, from a comedic sense of looking at the camera, kind of just giving those, you know, gym looks, etc. I don't know. It, it trickles down from there. I, I liked most of the characters, pretty much all the characters at some point or another. And just, I don't know. They, they, I think that they were, again, going back to the documentary style, they were cast so well to be just real people. You know, um, Phyllis seems more like a real person than she does a, an, a made-for-television character, like a written-for-TV character. You know, when you, you look at other sitcoms and every character is sort of like a caricature in some fashion, in some way that makes them unbelievable to be a real person. In addition to the fact that all of them sort of reach this threshold, this minimum threshold of hotness um, that they just have to reach, even if they're not playing somebody prototypically hot in their show as that character, but they all still meet this minimum threshold uh, for, uh, I say, sort of stereotypical concepts of what is beautiful or what is like the ideal, um, uh, you know, look of someone. And, and yet the office was just like, nah, dude, these are some real folks. Um, and I thought that was so cool the way they did that. Just, yeah, I mean, no, it's just, it's just fantastic. But I, I do, I have to be honest. I have to be honest. The, there is bad to be discussed here. And I know that that's going to irritate some super fans probably listening, but let's get into it a little bit. Okay, so the bad. There is a character on the show named Nellie, and she enters, I think it's um, later, I think maybe season eight, season nine, and she's terrible. Um, They try a couple times to make her character redeemable by sort of having this like sort of um, empathy-inducing backstory of her. I think, like, she was either trying to have... uh, trying to adopt a child, perhaps, or something like that. Um, But honestly, the things that they have her character do, like, far, far outweigh um, this tiny amount of empathy they try to involve um, for her character. Um, She does a lot of just... Just I don't I don't really I really don't get it. Some of the stuff they had her, you know, to doing in the script, it's just awful. Like just really like two dimensionally bad. And then you're just like, but then somehow when she sort of cracks wise about it, you're just supposed to be like, oh, haha, so funny. No, it's not. It's really not that funny. It's not funny at all. She's just terrible. I I was really hoping that she would get more uh comeuppance in the show um there was there was a few times where they sort of build up but then it's like a letdown it's just like everybody sort of treats it like oh oh okay well she's just gonna do something else now and still be a part of the cat you know it's like it was just like no 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 no. uh that was sort of meh and honestly nelly is sort of a symptom of one of the worst aspects of the show and that is the way that they chose to keep the show going without Steve Carell. I think that was a mistake. Um, and that's not to say that the other characters involved were bad. 
there is a they're they're fantastically talented most all of them and yet without michael scott sort of anchoring the office it very much sort of floundered in and it never really found a strong center they tried really hard with season eight's robert california and um, for those who don't know uh, steve carell uh, left the show uh, near the end of season seven pretty much right at the end of season seven and yet the show went on for seasons eight and nine before ending and i think that was a big mistake uh i think that there was a much better way to do that which <laughs> we'll get to that later but yeah they they those last couple seasons are really some of the worst parts of the show uh completely i think andy bernard's arc andy bernard is a fantastic character i love him but even having him be having him become this kind of heel in the last parts of the show, especially the last couple seasons, he becomes the manager, but he, he doesn't do a good job. And they kept sort of trying to waver between like doing the Michael Scott arc with him where like he becomes lovable and you develop empathy for him and you see him kind of succeed even without really meaning to the way they did with Michael Scott. But then they would also sort of swing it to where like, Oh no, Andy's doing really stupid, dumb things that don't make you have any empathy for him. They just make you not like him. It was very strange. It felt very sort of back and forth with his character, ultimately kind of unfulfilling end for his character. And I feel like that they could have done a much better job. Um, and really, um, the, the biggest victim in the show was gotta be, uh, Aaron, uh, Aaron's character. Um, because by the end of it, she doesn't have, there were two separate times where she had kind of a love opportunity and she doesn't end up getting it either time. And it's kind of like either one of those would be well-written and fantastic and be kind of cool for her character. I did like the way they wrapped up her story in terms of being adopted, but I didn't like her, um, the lack of a love story the way they like, it wasn't like they weren't trying to tell a love story with her character because they kept setting it up, but then they just never would follow through with it. I think they were trying to be uh contrarian about it. Like, Oh, haha, we're not going to give you that ending. But like, if you've watched the show and you've seen Jim and Pam, you, chances are you actually enjoy seeing that happen. So, you know, maybe not, maybe just give the people what they want, at least from a very broad stroke perspective um also ryan's character i think like his arc was a little strange i feel like it would have been cooler if they gave him a better ending um i don't know that's just kind of it just wasn't that great and then like i said before all the stuff with nelly was just awkward and bad and gosh why bother why she never should have been on the show um, or if she was on the show, she never should have been written the way she was. They could have done so many different things that would have been so much better. So how do we make this better? Well, <laughs> they say don't mess with perfection. And um, I'm inclined to agree. No, but seriously. So there's not a whole lot that you would change about the first seven seasons. I, honestly, they're colossally good. 
the biggest change I would make to the first seven seasons is I would make some sort of music during the closing credits because the fact that there was no music whatsoever, it felt super weird. I would have at least played the beginning theme again. Um, it just felt so strange and silent. I didn't like that too much about the way the show. And that's pretty nitpicky when you're talking about how the end credits play. But that's a that's the biggest thing I can think of that needs to change about the first seven seasons of the show. Um, okay, so besides that, I would say they here's what should have happened here's what here's what should have happened the the season seven should have absolutely ended the series and so the series finale should be when steve leaves the show that should be the end of the show and here's here's why okay so taking a cue from the british office the british office went for two series or two seasons and that was it and it finished, and it wasn't a completely satisfying ending. Of course, with some of the British television shows at the time, that wasn't quite so needed. But it wasn't a completely satisfactory ending, but it did kind of have a finality to it. And then fast forward like a year, and they came back with, I believe it was like an hour long special maybe even longer than an hour it was like a movie length special christmas special of the office and you time has passed and you pick up where some of these characters left off and so you get to see they, there's like this passage of time aspect of it where you're kind of like picking up from expositional cues about what's been happening but also it's it's put in the context of the documentary follow-up the same way you can watch like a reality TV show and then they go back later and go, oh, now here's, let's check back in with these people now that some time has passed. It was sort of that kind of vibe. And so you, you're you still able to get a lot of good exposition about what happened in the meantime because you can get that from the characters because they would be explaining that anyways because that's a question the documentary crew would have, right? And so... It was a it was a much better ending to the show to watch the Christmas special like an hour or sorry that that was technically like a year later after the show had officially ended. And that is the cue that I think the office in America would have been much better off doing. They should have written the show to end when Steve Carell leaves. And I think I've done a pretty good job of avoiding spoilers up until this point. And I know that sounds insane to say something about spoilers with this show. Um, but there are people who haven't really seen all of it. And just in case, if they ever decide to make the wise choice in life and watch this show from beginning to end at least one time through, then I want them to not be spoiled with some of the stuff that happens. But from here on out, you should consider this spoiler territory because I'm going to go there. So stop now if you have a desire to watch the show and you do not know how it ends or do not know how storylines wrap up in the show. I'll wait. Okay. So, uh, the way Michael's arc ends on the show, he proposes to Holly and then they move to Colorado and that's it. And he, there's this very, very heartfelt tear filled episode of Michael Scott leaving the office. I absolutely loved how there was so much that you could see the actors 
Not so much that it broke the fourth wall, but just enough to to see the actors genuinely sad to be filming their last scenes with Steve Carell for the show, and yet that be so perfectly portraying the office staff at Dunder Mifflin losing their manager, which sounds sounds relatively innocuous when you put it like that, but like knowing the show and knowing the relationships that have been built over seven seasons, it's like, it is meaningful to all of them or to most of them. And so that was really cool to see. But so you could maybe, you could maybe tie up some of the other characters a little bit more uh, completely for, for that episode. But basically the way it ends is kind of that way. Steve's gone. The documentary crew decides this is, you know, we're, we've got all we need for now. And you kind of leave characters mostly on good notes. Jim and Pam are together. Dwight and Angela are sort of undecided, I think, at that point. And um, you don't really know how it's going to end. But you at least, like, the, I mean, honestly, the two biggest storylines to follow, uh, are, you know, overarching storylines for the whole series are Jim and Pam getting together and Michael Scott um, you know, finding love, really <laughs> finding a family, because that's what he's wanted from the beginning of the series. Basically, right when you see him crack open a bag of Halloween candy at the beginning of season two and just is so joyful at giving it out to neighborhood kids in that moment, you just go, oh, my gosh, this dude has to be a dad. Like he's got to start a family. It's so in him to do. And then you spend the next you know, six more seasons uh, along this journey of helping this lovable guy who's just so plain wrong so often uh, find love. And so you finally get that. So those are the two big storylines, and they they wrap up pretty well, um, about as good as they can, honestly. And that's that will be the end of the show. And then fast forward a year or more, and... You actually go ahead and film. You could even film it if you wanted to, like, you know, the same time. You don't have to, you know, but the way it should be presented is like, this is the end of the show. And then a year later, they come out with like an hour and a half long office Christmas special. And really what that would be, the the, the bulk of that would be the actual finale episode from the end of season nine of The Office, which is to say... Dwight and Angela getting or Dwight and Angela are getting married and everything that happens in that episode basically would happen. The difference you might have to include a little bit of backstory. So you you could basically spend another half an hour or so summarizing how the characters, you know, what happened in between. And that could be a montage. Doesn't even need to be in half an hour because the real thing I want to see that we don't get to see in the show at all is how do we not see Michael Scott's wedding? I mean, can you imagine the pure joy and the pure goofiness and nerdiness that Michael and Holly getting married would be? I just. Ugh. it kills me that we don't get to see that. Like it legitimately bothers me, which it's, you can't say it's something bad about the show because it wasn't in the show at all. Um, so it's like, you can't really fault it, but that would definitely make it better. It would make it more complete. 
to have Michael and Holly's wedding and whatever would happen there um, to be filmed and have that story told. And honestly, given the way that the documentary crew, they filmed Phyllis's wedding and they filmed Jim and Pam's wedding, I feel like they would absolutely have covered that wedding, even if it was after he technically leaves the office, um, the, the physical Dunder Mifflin office, the, the physical Dunder Mifflin office. I feel like they would still do that. So, yeah, I feel like that would have made it a much sweeter finale to watch an hour and a half, basically office movie um, a year or so later that that catches us up on all the stuff that's happened in the meantime, just the great stuff, just the highlights, probably have Andy and Aaron get together and we never meet Nellie. We really don't even, we never meet Robert California. We never meet D'Angelo, even though I, I do find his character pretty hilarious. Um, and I like to fake juggle <laughs> the way that Pam, <laughs> the way that Pam juggles. You know, it's like, look, one hand, look, no hands, just waving her head like an idiot. Oh man. Um, I found D'Angelo's character funnier than a lot of people did, but we don't, we don't see any of that stuff. We don't see any of the weird Andy storyline of him being on a boat and just none of that. We avoid all of that weirdness and we can still catch up with a lot of the characters. And then we see, I don't even know what Michael's wedding would look like. Would it be a destination wedding somewhere? Would, I could see him coming back to Scranton to do it because most of the people that they would want in their wedding are uh, at the very least on the East Coast. And it, for Michael, probably most of them are in Scranton. And so that it feels like it wouldn't be so weird for them to... Uh, I could see Michael going to Niagara Falls because he you know, always wanted Jim and Pam to be, you know, to like him. He wanted to be like them. He, Michael always wanted their approval and Michael always wanted, you know, I don't know, to feel like he was on their level or whatever you call it. And so he, I could see him actually planning a wedding in Niagara Falls, which would be hilarious, honestly, to have them do to, for someone to have some random hotel manager recognize Kevin and I just think that would be amazing. So yeah, there's there's a lot that can happen with that wedding, and I'm very sad that we never got to see it. Basically, uh, a couple of things I forgot to mention very briefly. Number one, I mean, this show had the Pontiac Bandit before he was the Pontiac Bandit. I mean, Craig Robinson is a national treasure, and the stuff, it was just, oh, gosh, it's so, so funny. And I am so, I, I just can't say enough good about it, but, uh, I forgotten to mention him earlier. I had to bring him up cause he was so funny. Um, so I think, I think that about covers it. This is a little long, but it's an amazing show. You should definitely watch it. Oh, the other thing I didn't mention promise. This will be the last thing I mentioned is the cool thing about The Office is that it's proving to be relatively timeless because it's only being watched more and more over time as opposed to less and less. Like, it's already the most streamed thing on Netflix by 
a long shot, like not close. And to me, that speaks so well to how relatable it is, how realistic it is, how downright funny it is, and just the way that they tackle topics. It's too funny. It's just too funny. And I love it so much. And it's my favorite show. And special shouts out to John Rockmore for being the guy that I discovered The Office with. And so many people who came to my house for, uh, came to our apartment for uh, our office parties in Lakeland, notably Jordan Rippey. Um, but I know there's tons more and I'm just forgetting all of them now. So my apologies and just the whole office crew in Gainesville, Jim Wharton and, um, Mary and Kyla and Leah, all of them, everybody. I just, there's so much warm. Oh, and then the secondary office (laughs) crew, uh, David, uh, David Shepard and Matt Stanlin, who have consistently celebrated the show with me. I don't know why I'm thanking people as if uh, I've won an award for the office, but that's not, that's not true. But we were all given a reward when the office became a thing that we could all see and enrich our lives by having watched. So, and honestly, I'm curious if you want to leave me a voicemail, uh, it's 352-340-3038. 352-340-3038. I would love to hear your thoughts on The Office. Tell me what you liked about it. Tell me what you didn't like about it. Tell me your least favorite character and why, because that would be really funny. Or uh, not funny. It would be curious. I'm curious to hear what people have to say about their least favorite character. Anyways, watch the show and a much lesser known show you can enjoy is called The Good, Bad, Better Show. You can follow it on Instagram at Good, Bad, Better Show. And as I said before, please leave me a voicemail, 352-340-3038. All right. Until next time. See ya. Imagineville. That's what she said. Hey, that's what she said. 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 That's my joke. That's what she said. That's what she said. That's what she said. That's what she said. Oh, no, 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 not that. Just that's what she said. No time. That's what she said. 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 That's what he said. That's what she said. That's what she said. That's what she said. Delivery is all wrong. I'm butchering it. That's what she said. Loke DJL. That's what she said. No. That's what Oscar said. That's what she said. <laughs> That's what she said. That's what she said. That's what she said.